Welcome to See the Change podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Ayala, Communications Director at Sea Change Initiative. This is a space to bring together community builders and change makers to hear the stories and inspire them to take action for social change. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe and connect with us online. And we're back with Jen Harper, founder and CEO of Cheekbone Beauty, an indigenous cosmetic brand. Today, we're getting into Jen's journey into entrepreneurship, how community has been important since those early days of her business, and what inspires her innovation. Let's dive in. That's amazing. That's really amazing to see how much of an impact Cheekbone can have in, I mean, a relatively short period of time. And we are really small, like, and sometimes... I, I understand it feels to other people, maybe from the outside, like we're this big, massive company, but we're, we're not, we're still really, really small in this, in a, I'm thinking in the grand scheme of companies, right? Like we're super small. You know, this business, it's growing, it's young, it's thriving. But back in 2016, when you launched it, what was the reaction from the people around you? What did your friends and family think when they thought, wait, Jen is going to start a beauty business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, yeah, I think people looked at me like I was kind of, um, like I was kind of crazy, right? Like people would say, you're doing what? You're starting what? So I don't think people really believed or knew or understood. My son actually even said to me, it was in 2018. And he said, this is like a real business, isn't it? when Justin Trudeau invited me to our round table luncheon thing to um, talk about what the, you know, what the government can really do to support women entrepreneurs in Canada. And uh, my son, you know, it was all over the news and media and his mom sitting right beside the prime minister. So he was like, I guess it is a real business. So yeah, I'm in the basement doing all this and he's up in his room, not really realizing, I guess what's happening. So um, I think people were really skeptical yeah, and just maybe didn't know or just like let her go do her business, see how it works out, right? <laughs> yeah. And who were your cheerleaders? I mean, entrepreneurship is not an easy thing to go about. I um am really fortunate that we had like so many people early on and still support us. I'm kind of like uh and I'm like, how do you ever say this without sounding like you think you're – not that I'm, like, like cool or anything in that sense, but I'm kind of a loner, like, in the sense that, like, I do in my whole life, I've been really, like, done a lot of things alone. So I was never afraid of being alone because entrepreneurship is really, really lonely. Um, so I'm grateful that I wasn't afraid to do that and I was comfortable being alone. But what is scary is when you're putting something out into the world – there's you're leaving it fully open for criticism and yeah if I look back at our first website that I built myself it was awful um like so photos everything was awful it was terrible and so people were probably just assuming that yeah I'm just doing an online business like everybody else is like everyone's doing an online business now so it doesn't think I seem as odd but maybe back in 2016 it still seemed a little bit odd um but anyway, it was fun. It was fun. And there's so many, um, like I was part of a group through NWAC, which is the Native Women's Association of Canada. And it was this entrepreneurship 
what do they call it for it was like a network for indigenous women entrepreneurs and anyway had met a lot of great women through that that are still friends to this day and supporters and cheerleaders and you're right every you do need that and locally in my own community was part of a mastermind with other women in business so that helped early on um and then those things it's funny as you're growing you realize you do those things early on but then to go to the next level you do have to like move on to different groups and it sounds very like i've always hated uh, that concept of like it feels like an agenda um, or it seems like people are very strategic. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, there's real, there's no strategy on my part. Cause I don't think I'm that brilliant or anything, but it was like, you just realized like from this network, you met someone at this network and then got you into this networking group. And it was meeting certain people, specifically certain people, different mentors along the way that got you in front of the right mentor that really like. I can tell you right now, the scalability where Cheekbone is, is only because of those different people along the way that supported us that really know what they're doing. There's a lot of people when you start a business that are going to give a lot of advice. And if they haven't built it, just stop listening right away. Do not do. I've like, I'm telling everyone I had so many phone calls and coffee requests. And I actually met with people because I'm super, what year did I choose to do that? Oh, 2017 was the year I was going to say yes to every invitation. All just about, right? Like if it's not conflicting with my family or any other prior engagements, I was going to say yes. And I did. And then 2018 was the year that I was going to say no to every engagement because you, I learned really quickly that um, there's a lot of people that will, I don't think it's intentionally or malicious either that it's just time wasters, right? Like your time is so valuable. And so, um, uh, but it's those, it was critical in meeting certain people that it, cheekbone is not here because of me and my genius abilities at all. Cause there is none there. Um, I, if, if I'm going to say anything, why it's still here and exists is just cause I don't give up. And that's thanks to my brother again. So not me. It's his words um, and that that keep me very passionate and persistent on this mission. Um, and then his words and then this just innate desire for wanting every Indigenous kid to really feel like they matter. Like that is so important to my, like my being, like it hurts my bones. Um, and then all the people along the way that have helped us get where we are right now and, and some of those meetings and networks have been critical to, to that. And you can see how um, one of my favorite podcasts is how I built this by Guy Raz. <laughs> and the reason is, is he constantly asks these entrepreneurs these questions. And then now I can pinpoint how it is. It, it really is sometimes just being in the right place at the right time, meeting the right person. And unfortunately, not all of our lives are set up where those right meetings happen. And I'm grateful that so far, uh, cheekbone has gotten to where it is because we've met the right people at the right time. That's amazing. And now that you are where you are and have, you know, positively benefited from these mentorships and these networks, do you feel that you're now at a place to mentor other entrepreneurs? Have you been working on that? No. And I'm going to tell you why, because I haven't built it yet. Like it's not done being built, right? We're still 
we are now like this is like and this is serious that we're we're just at the startup stage right now all that work i did by myself prior to uh september 2019 is the first time we hired somebody um so that pre-work that was just like my warm-up right me building doing the side hustle the heavy lifting the the planning the creating that was just the the warm-up um which is even pre that's pre-startup in my mind right and so now after September 2019, we, that's when we started being a startup. So that's only just over a year ago. So we're still in that startup phase. And I like predict we'll still be in this phase for another year. Um, and then I'm going to say we're, we're on our way because we built a team. We just hired our 14th person um, today. She started. And, uh, you know, and 14 people, but not all are full-time. I'm trying to do on my fingers how many are full-time. I think we have six full-time people um, and the rest are part-time but these are six roles that will be critical in the scalability of the company and the direction that we go in so um, still lots of work to do but I'm ready to mentor anyone new I've tried to help people too um, but it's so funny when you do I'm like it's interesting I don't think sometimes I think it's it's funny when you're trying to help someone and I've just realized I'm like, well, maybe they're just not ready to hear that honest truth about the thing. And then, you know, and you don't want to ever give too much information because there's so much you have to, like, there's so many mistakes you have to make to learn, to get to that spot and to the next spot. So it's really interesting. I don't feel like I'm ready yet to mentor. I want to like complete this task first. I feel like I have to do that. Um, I know a lot, we get a lot of media attention and I still, I'm like, we are by no means, I feel like a super super successful expert or anything like that. I realize we, we are, you know, we are really fortunate to be where we are and have got the funding that we have and have the ability to start doing all these things that we wanted to do. But I'm, I don't feel like I'm ready to be a mentor quite yet. Okay. That's really interesting. But I will. It's part of, certainly part of, you know, that's when you, when you, um, when you do do this, and I have this weight that I carry about being an example for other young Indigenous entrepreneurs. And so for sure, I want to do that uh, and spend a lot of time doing that uh, later when uh, on, when, um, when we get to where we need to be. But um, I feel like it's still, it's too early for me. Like, so my mentorship would be like, I hope someone, if they hear your podcast, right. Um, or another podcast that they'll take a tip or a little tidbit of something and and that'll be their next step in that network of things they needed to hear that day and so because that's literally what I did I would be like listen to you know Seth Godin one day and he would say something that was like super powerful to me and I would take that into the work that I was doing and and trying to so I, I just hope I pass on those at this moment and when I can fully take on a mentee um I will do that because that's I'm really, really passionate about wanting to support the next the next group of people coming for sure. Absolutely. So if there is an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur to be listening to this right now, what would be the words of wisdom? What would be that tip that you would like to share? So mine at this moment in history and time is just be consistent. So again, 
I'm really adamant about saying I am not brilliant. I am not this super savvy businesswoman who had this big agenda, a big plan. Of course, you have plans and guidelines and framework. Yes, all very important. Uh, but I consistently woke up every day for the last, since that dream in 2015 and worked on something to move cheekbone in a forward direction every single day. Not one day did I not do that work. Um, and it's those consistent efforts and not giving up. Because if, if, you, if you don't give up, you cannot fail. Like it's, it's that simple. Amazing. Awesome. And, you know, present day Cheekbone, you recently celebrated four years into this, into this brand. How has your vision evolved? Is it, is it turning out the way that you thought it would be? Or is it totally different? No, it is like, it's insane. I can't believe I get to wake up every day. I, I was, we, we did a little celebration last night called a gratitude get together with our cheekbone warriors. So like brand advocates that have been with us some since 2017, like, and I'm like, this was just this little brand, this little engine that could like no funding, no experience in the beauty industry probably laughable to the beauty industry, if you will, like, let's be realistic. They don't think we're anything or going to do anything. Um, and, you know, we just have this incredible group of uh, warrior women that, uh, 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 no, not, not warrior women. Those are what our lipsticks are called. Uh, cheekbone warriors who are just brand advocates that come from all over, uh, and that support us and, uh, the call was so inspiring because it was just truly some of them have been here for so long and new ones as well that are just, uh, they are inspiring themselves, which inspired me. And like, it was just this call of pure, like inspiration, which was amazing. And so, um, without all of their support, none of this would be what it's turning out to be. Like they're so, so helpful. Amazing. And Throughout these four years, you've spoken about, you know, networking, scaling up some of the challenges. When you think back to launching the brand, what was the reception like to Cheekbone? Like on the, in the beauty industry, what was the reaction that you initially faced? And a follow-up to that would be, do you feel like you've proven something since then? Um... No, not yet. <laughs> the answer, the quick answer is no. So the initial reaction, which like, it feels like we're just living and you're part of this now, like living this experiment. We're really just, I say this to my team all the time. Like this is a giant experiment. We're going to see if it works. Uh, and we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun while we're trying. Right. So, um, yeah. And I don't think the initially everybody wanted to see this, like they were craving the world again, not brilliant. The timing just turned out really, really well for us. The world was craving an indigenous brand and, and, and more indigenous brands. And, and so now the ones that were here, um, I really felt the media was really, really receptive. So media being beauty editors early on flair did their first article about us in 2017. And she heard about us on some, chat room group thing um where i didn't even know these exist but people talk about beauty products and stuff in these chat rooms and so she found out about us there 
and called for an interview and she had no idea about the backstory and so why I started this and then that's when I realized oh my goodness like by listening to her on the phone that day I was kind of blown away because she was so like I, I what is the word for this she was very like blown away by the story and then this is I realized I'm like okay and I have a marketing experience and I'm re- I'm literally saying to other people we need stories and stuff and I'm realizing oh my goodness this is the story and people want to hear it and I know it's my story and it's authentic to me Uh, I didn't honestly think I guess that people cared that much about it so I really in the beginning also wasn't putting my face or exposing myself in I guess as much as I should have early on about the brand and what we're trying to build there was no like press release which you see happens now with some like there was none of that right so um it was yeah so it was the story I think they were really connecting to um and then you know what the beauty industry does they they're very secretive about formulations and products and where they manufacture and all of this stuff so I've spent the last three years figuring that part of the business out and I'm I'm so excited about what we're up to like I, I'm blowing myself away and I know blowing my friends and family away and our community and um, people that work for us. So I think one day the beauty industry might be like, wow, yeah, that is kind of interesting what they're doing and what they're up to. So anyway, I'm like, we're, like I said, we're having fun when we're trying it. And it's not that, again, I'm super special. It's just now I have a bunch of other people helping me do this really awesome fun work behind the scenes. We just hired a full-time cosmetics chemist, which is, you know, coming with 15 years of industry experience of already making award-winning beauty products. And that was sort of the missing puzzle piece for me. Like I have these incredibly innovative ideas. I'm kind of like that kind of a a dreamer founder, I guess, you know, where it's like, I want to make this. And they're like, you can't do that scientifically. (laughs) So now I have someone to actually, when I say I want to make something, they'll be like, you know, he can either be like, let me try or no, that's not possible. And maybe I can push him. Maybe he can push, we can push. And I, I just feel like him and I are going to build this amazing chemistry in terms of our relationship. And I'm really like my first gift to him was this book, which is like my favorite book, um, Braiding Sweetgrass by um, Robin Wall Kamir. Uh, and it's just indigenous wisdom, scientific knowledge, and the teaching of plants. And the reason it's my favorite book is this beautiful relationship that Robin has with plants is truly echoes so many of us as indigenous people about our relationship with the land. And I want um, our new cosmetics chemist to experience that and help me create products based on that beautiful relationship. Amazing. And that kind of segues into something else I wanted to ask about. I, I'm really interested in your sustain line. I know that the sustainability is really becoming the center of your innovation. Um, right now you have uh, lipsticks and the face powders that are in the, the packaging that's part of the sustain line. Um, and I mean, you really touched on why it's important to you because of the relationship with the land. Um, but do you, why do you think it needs to be a higher priority in the beauty industry in particular? 
Yeah. So I'm like, I wish I had more facts and figures for you. And I, I think we talked about this before and I was like, I was going to find those. And I, of course I never did, but um, about how much plastic I guess is really used in this industry and not to vilify plastic either, because let's face it. Um, there is uh, some uses and necessary needs or means for plastic. And then people are also taking plastic in and uh, making new packaging out of used in old plastic and it's getting repurposed. And so that's where some incredible innovation always does come in when they can figure out how to transition stuff. And, you know, with sustainability, there's a lot of boxes that have to be checked and it's, it's not just this sort of one size fits all answer where paper is the right answer is glass the right answer is is plastic the right answer in this case is aluminum the right answer um there are different right answers for every different brand product uh person and so the you know what we intend to do is be part of sort of this education platform where we will teach you why we're choosing this product why we're choosing this packaging for this product um, and then let the consumer decide as opposed to using fear-based marketing where everything is toxic like you know you're going to I don't know I'm trying to come up with this crazy like blanket statement because that's what marketing teams do in order to get us to change and use different products right so what what we're doing is really creating this platform that will be more education based where we're going to let our our community make the decision for themselves and let them see the different answers or reasons why we picked the solution uh, we did for that for that individual product and that that may change based on what the rest of the world is doing or comes up with a big part of an exciting part of my job is finding some incredible partners that we work with like and I'm so excited about you know the algae industry right now and and what people are doing with algae in terms of creating packaging or using algae based ink like there's there's uh, a lot of innovative people in this world there's eight billion of us um, and everyone is unique and brilliant and so uh, I'm excited to see what everybody's working on and coming up with. And then as businesses, this is where we come together as communities and try to make things better. Um, and the beauty industry, you know, not even to vilify it. I know, you know, they know this is what the customer wants. Um, and unfortunately, when they start seeing a loss of dollars in terms of market share, right, for um, they'll they'll pay more attention to what sustainability means and, and and how it matters and you can see the big the bigger companies if you go visit websites they're 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 talking about the things and the steps that they're going to do and of course they should they have the bazillions and gazillions of dollars to do so right but unfortunately they're going to feel the pinch because you know i'm not the only indie small brand that's trying to make a difference there's lots and so i love that the world is really paying attention to us as little brands now and supporting us it means so much um they're providing jobs for people and supporting communities and supporting causes like what could be better yeah absolutely and you know me personally i'm a beauty lover and so i do see these trends and things changing in the industry and there's a lot of clean and green that lingo is being used on by many companies. Even if you go online shopping, there's the clean section. But you've been very adamant about rejecting that label. <laughs> and I wanted to I wanted to know, like, why is that? Why does 
cheekbone beauty and the sustain line, you don't consider it to be part of this clean and green trend. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the funny thing it is, it falls in that clean category, but here's why we're kind of, we're trying not to use that language to the best of our ability. And the reason is it's a made up marketing word. And so now everybody's using it, even if they're not clean, right? So there, and even if, um, yeah, there's just so many of these blanket made up statements, this being one of them that don't really mean anything. So you need to have, there's no regulatory body either that's defining this for people. So it's really frustrating and confusing. So we're, we're of the belief that we just want to create safe. Um, we want to create products that are sustainable or on this journey of sustainability. Um, and really, again, being part of an education marketing um, system versus a fear-based marketing system. So we're trying to help people figure out there's the, the, the nuances in this is insane. Like, cause we now have organic, we have natural, like I had someone send me an email or a DM and I briefly saw it that said, Oh, I'm, I so love that everything you do is organic. And I'm like, we've never said that, but this is what happens. Unfortunately, people come to a conclusion based on maybe reading one post, two posts. Um, and, and then they're like, literally have made a decision about a whole brand. And I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait. Like I had to explain that we're not organic. We use some organic ingredients, but they're not all. Um, and organic is not necessarily better. And that's the truth is an organic is actually not even considered more sustainable. It actually takes more farmland to produce organic fruits and vegetables than, than non-organic. And um, there's, they're still using pesticides in some cases, even more, but at less amounts. And it's truly getting a full understanding of, of what all of that means. So it's not necessarily the better solution. Um, and this is why we have this organic ingredient from this supplier. Um, and, and so there's so much to explain when it comes to every single ingredient, the supply chain that comes along with that ingredient and the reasons why we chose that specific ingredient. And then also under making, helping people understand to people, you know, oh, you're a natural beauty brand. I'm like, there's no such thing really as a natural beauty brand. I'm like, natural is uh, a, another word, again, thrown around without any real meaning. Like natural would be when I'm in my walk in the forest in the morning and I could rub a leaf on my face, right? Like that's natural. But there is like, once you put ingredients together, everything becomes a chemical. Like chemicals aren't bad. You know how we hear this is chemical free. I'm like, well, even water is a chemical. It's H2O. That's a chemical. Like, so it's being just very clear and not trying to be misleading to the public. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You have been kind of touching on your supply chain, manufacturing, doing all of these things sustainably, or at least getting that started. It's not easy and it's not cheap. So what makes it worth it for you? Um, the ch I, yeah, the, I think the, the challenge of it all, um, I think what an entrepreneur loves is to be a problem solver. Um, and you probably wouldn't enter this uh, arena of work if you weren't interested in being a problem solver. So I think that's probably the most interesting part. And I really think there, there's just got to be a better way sometimes. So the fun part is figuring that out. Very expensive. Yes, um, but we're really, really fortunate that we have investors. We have um, 
we we were or just recently won an innovation grant, right? So based on, you know, these are like hours upon hours of writing documents to people to explain what we're trying to do. But that's what, um, that's how businesses get built. You know, you find funding everywhere in every which way you can to find someone to help you build the thing you're trying to build. And uh, what's the fun part about that is setting up this part of our company too. Like a lot of small businesses don't realize the R&D of a business or the innovation is really where the value, the value comes into your business and what you're bringing to your consumer and that your consumer knows that you're constantly trying to find new and better ways to do something that you're not just building something that's going to be a one size fits all. And so this is where I think makes us exciting and will keep us competitive in this beauty space. Because uh, um, unless we have the innovation part of our business, then there's no point in us existing. I said that before. The world doesn't need another beauty brand. It did not at all. Um, so Cheekbone Beauty is here to be another beauty brand, but not only one as a as a platform for representation for our Indigenous kids, but to create actually better products. Very interesting. And what do you hope to offer next in the Sustain line? Or is there you know something new that's up and coming that we can know about? Yeah, so when the world started wearing masks, we quickly had to make some pivots last year in in March and April, and we went to work on Sustain Eyes, and that launches on February 1st, 2021. (laughs) So it's been a long year, hard year, because to get a product out and into the market um, that quickly is very, very challenging, Um, but we're, we're excited that it's coming. That's amazing. And now Cheekbone, it's a pretty expansive uh, range of products. You've got the liquid lipsticks, the lip glosses, you have tube lipsticks and some face products and such. What's your favorite product? My favorite product is our eyebrow gel black, like hands down. We make the breast eyebrow gel in the in the world. <laughs> I'm going to say it in the world. I love it. And I've had lots of people messages that this is better than such and such brand. They're like, could not believe it. So it is really great. Um, the thing is we're trying to make it more sustainable. So that was one of our original products that is, comes in black plastic packaging. We want it in at least, um, a PCR, which is the recycled plastic packaging. Cause with a liquid like that, you can't put things like that in paper. It's not not possible so we had a couple options aluminum however the aluminum still needed a plastic coating which then defeats the purpose of using aluminum aluminum is actually the best i think sustainable option when it comes to packaging in all of the research i've done because aluminum is forever recycled um it can be recycled forever and ever and ever and but the problem is if you put a coating on it then it can't right so anyway um we're choosing aluminum for many of our the future projects that we're working on but unfortunately anything that is super liquidy that would need a certain style of packaging like glosses and these brow brushes and mascara um we'll be using the pcr which is a a a recycled plastic product um, all in clear so that we can actually really recycle it again because the moment you add color to plastic there's no recycling waste management facility that's actually going to recycle that right so you got to be really careful when things even say they can be recycled it's what does the waste management facility in that city do with the plastics but anyway that's a whole nother conversation so hands down the brow I should have like I, here's that's the longest answer ever but the brow stuff is my favorite 
Yeah, actually, the brow stuff is really good. I've <laughs> got to admit. Um, I think for me, it's actually the lipstick I'm wearing right now is Ashley. It looks really great on you. Wow. Yeah, I, I never thought that I would be into a pink that was this vibrant, but uh, I think I got one of the bundles and I saw it and I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. <laughs> it looks so good. It looks great. And it's so funny to me how there's certain shades that I, um, that really like, they're like a chameleon when it goes on a different skin tone. Like, it's so funny how that looks so, cause Ashley goes, it's like more of a muted pink on me. It's weird. No, it's not weird. I like it, but it's weird how different it is. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get that. Um, and you know, following your brand on social media, I know you're very present there. You, you know, are very authentic in talking to your community about the products, about the business side and about personal challenges. Um, but there's been a lot of growth. Like you were talking about hiring people. Now you have some, um, you know, new manufacturing that's happening. What has been, I guess, the highlight um, in these recent changes for you? Oh my goodness. Okay. So hiring the people to support everything has just been awesome. Like I still feel overwhelmed every single day, but now I have help and I'm, they feel overwhelmed too. So I'm not alone. Just adding, like, I think Madeline said yesterday <clears throat> when I had to describe cheekbone in one word, I said chaotic. And she's like, it's so true because <clears throat> we're building something, right? Like you're not in a fully established anything. Like you're here to build. And this is what, you know, you, you're in this department. If you're the first one there, that's your building, right? <laughs> like start laying down the foundation, the systems, the framework to build up that part of our company. So I love that. I just have the support. My favorite thing this year, I felt really, really badass going into bite beauty and buying a whole bunch of their stuff that we're going to reuse and make amazing lipsticks with right here in this like we we live in like a small town little region and i plan on building a giant company here so i'm really excited about that that's really amazing that's it's going to be really cool to see what cheekbone is uh, doing a year from now even um there's a lot of big moves that you're making and um and just to kind of wrap up with your outlook um, on, on the world, on the industry, at Sea Change, community first is our approach to everything that we do. It's the pillar of our vision to co-creating communities that are thriving. What does the term community first mean to you? Mm, I love it. And I think it means that any of the people that are, whether it's where you live who's supporting your work life efforts, maybe your school life efforts. It's all of those individuals that are like become this collective and you listen to everyone. Um, and you really take into consideration other people's maybe feelings, ideas. And sometimes that means setting aside your own stuff, right? For the sake of the greater good. Thanks for listening to See the Change podcast. This has been a Sea Change Initiative production, written, edited, and produced by myself, Tanya Ayala, music by Charles the Emperor. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Sea Change Initiative, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For more information about our guest, check the show notes for more links and resources. 
That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.